I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And welcome to another episode of Mahogany Mammalogy, an online dialogue pertaining to the concerns and carefree parenting of Black motherhood. Summertime has always been a challenge for parents when it comes to keeping kids busy, proactive, and involved. With many recreational places and events still shut down and, do, and deemed unsafe due to COVID-19, especially for children, it can be limiting to find ways to get kids away from being glued to technology devices. I can attest to that. This is where hacking innovation comes into play. Hacking Innovation is a community that aims at creating confidence and competence using technology as a tool. It is a trailblazer when it comes to creating STEM-focused curriculum and introducing engineering concepts that are fun, challenging, and engaging. This summer, there is a jam-packed schedule of events um, as Hacking Innovation begins launching its virtual classes. Outdoor Tech is a two-week virtual class lined up for this summer, and a kit is included with the purchase of the course. Students will design a plant monitor that measures temperature, humidity, and soil moisture. Parents, don't miss this opportunity of getting your kids involved in a fun and challenging experience this summer. Visit www hacking innovation that's h-a-k-i-n-g-i-n-n-o-v-a-t-i-o-n.org to learn more and register and make sure to follow social media at hack innovation on all platforms to stay updated this as this episode is also sponsored in part by living legacy 360 they believe in family they offer a place for African-American families, including single parents, grandparents, and young couples with young children in place, where they can find resources, build even stronger connections with their children and their tribe and village to surround them. They are believing in living life from a 360 point of view. You can find them at www.livinglegacy360, that's the numbers 360, Dot com. And now, on to the show. As we approach the holiday of Juneteenth, it will fall particularly special for Black people in America this year. Uh, we're living in a global pandemic, a global protest of racial injustice, particularly to Black people of the world, a civil uprising. But again, it in America, election season is upon us. Yay. Certain <laughs> states have had primary voting. Um, and also, just be sure to check your particular state to see when, what dates um, primary voting is. I know the last day in Texas um, is June 15th. We're taping on Saturday, so I think that's Monday. Yeah, Monday. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, But I say this because the sentiment of some of my black friends when we talk about politics is not really enthusiastic for our current political front runners. And we may have to endure another four years of our current presidency. So then we go back to having our conversations that we had in 2016 about leaving the United States 
because we don't want to be living in this kind of current environment. Going back to Africa, reconnecting with our roots. So we're trying to figure out what does that process look like? Where would we begin? So we'll be talking about that with our guest mammologist, Miss Akwe Tahimba. Am I saying that right? Yep, that sounds okay. good enough. Yes, no. ma'am. No, 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 you, you no, gotta, no, you no. gotta, you, this is, you gotta correct us. It's Akwete Tahimba. Okay, thank you. Thank That's you. Welcome. Thank you, you ladies. Well, we want to, I've always referred to you as auntie because for the longest time, I didn't really know how to pronounce it. So, um, <laughs> and then I made myself pronounce it because I also have to have respect because you, you know, I just don't call you by your, your first name. So this is like a first for me to do that. Um, <laughs> but in, in terms of introducing you to our guests, um, our, our, our listeners, bookstore owner, Akwete Tahimba, was born on April 3rd. And she's actually from Waco, Texas, y'all. So for those of you who are from Waco, um, to Obli Monroe and uh, Asia, Isaiah Monroe. Mm-hmm. Uh, she graduated from Richfield High School in Waco in um, 1981 and attended McLennan Community College in Waco, as well as attended the University of North Texas in Denton. She also took night classes at the North Lake College in Irving, Texas. Aquete has helped on various local campaigns and is the co-founder of the Pan-African Connection um, with her late husband in 1989. In 2013, uh, Ms., uh, Mrs. Uh, Taimbe was named one of the 30 of the most interesting people in Dallas by the Dallas Observer. Taimba um, is also uh, has three children with her late husband. Um, and could you please pronounce your hu- your late husband's uh, name for us? Bandeli. Bandeli. Mm-hmm. Bandeli Tahimba. Um, Ajwa. Uh, um, Ajwa is her daughter. Um, Bambata and mm-hmm. Sekoyu are her two. Seku. Mm-hmm. Are her two sons. Welcome to our show. It's a, it's an honor. We, we it is an honor. Oh, it is an honor. Um, as as Tosh likes to say, we we try to dive right into it in terms of researching your roots. And um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Pan African Connection, uh, we will have the link in our show notes. And um, I, I feel like it's not just a bookstore. But you you offer a huge community resource, really for all cultures to come and dive into everything. Um, and so, thank you, thank you so so much for doing that here in Dallas. I'm sure I think people flock <laughs> from all over to come um, yeah, and understand. Say, especially if you're in Dallas and you just mentioned the Pan African Connection. A hundred out of a hundred times, people know what you're talking about. Yeah. And if you don't, if you just moved here, you, you it's like you have to go like within the first 30 days or else I feel like you get a fine or a ticket. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> I love y'all. Y'all are wonderful. <laughs> you just can't come visit without going, right? So... But with that, like being in there, like I feel like, um, and something I feel like your husband may have, I feel like has mentioned 
in previous uh, when he was with us um, mm-hmm. interviews was that he wanted people to come closer to Africa. Exactly, exactly. So uh, the Pan-African Connection, my phone is on 10%. I need to get the charger. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I need the phone charger. I just don't want to run out. So let me first of all thank you all for for that grand introduction, one thing, but also thank you for the work that you do and for your humbleness, how humble and articulate and knowledgeable you all are. I mean, I think there are many things, other things you could be doing with your time, which, but you're choosing this to not only help the people, but um, I mean, I guess it, it's just, it's just very, very good what, what you all are doing because it, it's uh, helping a lot of mothers. But I know I'm rambling on and on, and I apologize. But, um, but the Pan African Connection Bookstore Art Gallery and Resource Center was created in 1989. Uh, of course, my husband Bandelli um, and I, uh, cre- uh, you know, opened it together. But it was really his vision. Because as uh, many, many times I say that, you know, I really wasn't into African history and culture myself. I was this little country girl from Waco, Texas, who, um, you know, I just wanted, like, you know, it reminds me of a Sata Shakur story about just wanting to be a part of the status quo, wanting to uh, go to college, make my family proud, get a good job, and, and just, you know, not rock the boat, just be a very safe, uh, simulated black woman, you're right. But um, of course, Destiny would not have it that way. I met uh, Bandeli Tahimba, who was uh, a person who was very well uh, read in African history and culture. He was a member of a organization called All African People's Revolutionary Party. And this organization studied Pan-Africanism and Af- African history around the world and political struggles around the world. So for me, I thought he was crazy, right? I thought he was this <laughs> radical, crazy, Black Panther type dude who was had guns stored. So, you know, I just, I was scared of this, of this person because I'd never met anybody with that type of information. But he wasn't crazy. He was just somebody who, uh, had had uh, had studied, you know, about him himself. So anyway, uh, once I started uh, learning more about who I am, um, and I started to add the pieces up for myself, uh, uh, you know, in the direction I wanted to move in, that was really uh, from his guidance of, of that I needed to learn more about my history and culture to help my people and to express the greatness and of my ancestors through through the work that we do, the work that I do, uh, that we do collectively. But it was it was a, a process, you know. I I didn't ask for this life. I mean I would not have chosen it myself, but it was chosen for me. So it was I really give a lot of uh, credit to my husband because uh, he had he wanted a space where people could come together, 
uh, organize, uh, get closer to Mother Africa, uh, and dispel a lot of myths and self-hatred that our people have been given about ourselves. So I could go talk on and on, but, but that's basically the foundation of the Pan-African Connection Bookstore. Mm -hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and so obviously our topic is, is reconnecting with our African roots. And so, mm -hmm. you know, personally to you, why does, why does, your, why does reconnecting with your African ident identity matter? Oh, it's it is it means everything. What? Connecting to your roots is everything. I mean, to have that, it is the foundation from which we all move, right? Identity, knowing who you are. There's a there's a, a cultural symbol, an Adinkra symbol called Sankofa, and I'm sure you all, most of your audience, may be familiar with it. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's not a coloring book. Look on the table. Look, is, any, is any books on the table? Are over on the bookshelf. But as we talk about returning to your roots, how important that is uh, for all of us. Like I was, uh, there's a, a Dinkra symbol which I have in the store. It's called Sankofa, and it's a bird with its head looking backwards and his feet moving forward. And it symbolizes that in order to move forward, that we have to look back. We have to go back and fetch what we lost. Go back and get the knowledge of yourself, of your history, of your culture, your God, your, the wisdom of your ancestors and your elders. Go back and learn from the past. Because if you don't, you may choose a road that may not benefit you, right? It may be a road that someone else takes you on it may hijack you and your ideas and your thoughts and take you down a road that may not benefit you but may benefit them so culture and a, an, an identity and a foundation who you are it can guide you down a road that that gives you the principles and values that you need to not only live your best life but to uplift yourself your people but humanity as a whole it, it will bring you the best out of life so it knowing who you are knowing your history and your culture is a foundation it gives you your strength it's your fuel to go wherever you need to go uh it's just the foundation because if you don't have it you you may go down a path that may exploit you or may not benefit you but um but culture gives you the strength that you need to fight your battles, to choose the right direction in life, to raise your children with the uh, self-love and self-determination and self-reliance that we need to be sustainable for our own communities and for ourselves. So knowing who you are is the best. Even Marcus Garvey said, uh, a people without root a people without a history it's like a tree without roots mm -hmm. so you know it is the it is the foundation that we have is you have to know who you are so. hmm. you, I guess, oh. and it, yeah go ahead Mel. no I, I was actually kind of quickly curious uh, when you were did you already know kind of what your african heritage or which 
which which part of the continent you were are from before you met your husband, or was that during the dating slash marriage marriage process? Well, you know, you know, my husband was born in Cleveland, Ohio. He wasn't born on the continent. So, uh, but as and we always say as Pan Africanists that um, for us the whole is more important than the parts, right? It's like uh, there are many parts of a caterpillar, but the whole is more important. So, as as African people born in America, um, we to me, the part of, you know, a lot of people are doing their DNA tests now, which is great. And it mm-hmm. takes them back to a particular part of West Africa. Um, but there was, there's so many variables at play. There's uh, all these, it's just hard to pinpoint exactly where, right? And from which people, because our people migrated among each other and married among each other. And, uh, you know, when there was a war over here, some people may have moved here and I mean, it's just, and then you may have become a part of that tribe, you know, that that group of people. But there's, it's it's very difficult to say which part exactly. But one thing we know for sure, as we look in the mirror, as we um, look back through history, that we come from Africa. Africa is that point of reference we can all identify with. So um, for us, when people ask us where we're from, we just say Africa, uh, because that's you know we didn't divide africa the europeans divided up at the berlin conference they divided the portuguese took this part the french took that part the uh uh, british took this part and you know everybody sliced it up you know it's a scrambling and the, the slice you know slicing up of africa we didn't divide it up as african people you know we may have had some differences with each other but we 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 could work them out with the influx of uh, colonialism, it interrupted our development. So it it kept us from uniting as one, right, as we should be. But uh, we just look at it as Africa, right? I don't I don't divide it up, and we tell people it's just one Africa, one people. And and even though we are Africans in the diaspora, we're still African people that have been scattered around this whole world. Um, not, not by choice. So, um, I, when people ask me what part of Africa I'm from, I just say I'm from Africa, right? I don't choose a particular part. I haven't done a DNA test, even though I have one that I was given. We had a, a sister here who came from AfricanAncestry.com. Oh, yeah. A sister out of DC. And they did a big uh, workshop here. It was really I mean, it really answered a lot of questions for me. And they only trace the African part of your ancestry, which is the most, they don't look at all these other folks, you know, the little drop of blood from here, there, where. They only trace the African part of your ancestry and tell you which part of Africa um, that you could be from. And they mostly they get very general, like in West Africa or, you know, something like that. Or you could be from this this tribe in Cameroon or this, you know, but... But yeah, uh, but it's it's very interesting. But I haven't done that process yet. Okay. Well, do you do you anticipate doing it, or are you just kind of hesitant to actually do it? I think I will do it just to you know, just to see, 
I, I think I will. But it, it, it one very positive thing about the, the test is that it, it there's no doubt. Some people don't even want to identify with Africa, right? They, I ain't no African. I ain't no. I'm I'm American. I don't want. They don't have anything to do with Africa. Uh, so it, one thing that is very positive about the tracing your route is that it, it, it's no doubt once you get these tests back that you'll see that the majority of your DNA is from the African continent as far as, as black people are concerned. So it's no way to run from it. It's, it's, it's really uh, giving people more pride in Africa, taking them back to Africa. You know, they go to visit and want to visit the tribe or the people that the test says they're from. So it's, 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 it's positive overall. Mm -hmm. This kind of leads to my next question then. So, and you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit and in, in that what opposition, if any, would you encounter for someone not wanting to reconnect? And you kind of allude to, you know, people just saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm American, I'm American. But have you heard anything else? Well, you know, we've been pushed so many, so much propaganda and self-hatred about Africa and African people. Sometimes they tell us, I, you know, most times in school, you're taught your history starts in slavery and that you had no history before, before slavery. And that if it was, it was Tarzan and you know, people running around with bones in their noses and, you know, very negative images of, of, of savages and people who are uncivilized. But we know that that is not true. So um, that's, we just have to dispel the myths and, and the negative images that we've been given about ourselves. So um, that's, that's part of the work of all of us uh, and you all too, to, you know, present positive images of our people to our, to the children, positive images of our culture. Tell them, you know, about the greatness of our, you know, that we, we didn't come from villages and huts, that our people build nations and empires. And I mean, just great, you know, the greatness of our people, they, they'll know that if they, they've done great things in the past, they can do them today. But the opposition comes from the miseducation that we've been given. So once they, they're given the truth, then they add it up for themselves. You don't have to push a horse to water to make them drink. They'll mm -hmm. add it up for themselves. Next thing you know, they'll put braids in their hair. Or next thing you know, they'll put a dashiki on. Or, or you know, they'll I mean, the, the, it's a process. It's not something that happens overnight. But given the tools and the, the information to analyze the truth, they'll come to the realization themselves that it's you wouldn't want to be anything else, you know, but African. You know, it's it's a, and so it's not, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. So, but yeah, just it's all about information and knowledge. Mm -hmm. If you've acquired knowledge um, and, and going back, so I understand to you travel, um, sounds like maybe yearly or even when, when your late husband was with mm -hmm. us, um, you guys would travel, you travel with your children um, back to Africa. What traditions have you learned and passed on to your children? Well, you know what? I, I just got back March 20th. I took three women for their trip, first trip to Africa, three ladies from here. And um, 
I guess all of them were just so shocked that people welcomed. They said, welcome home. You know, everybody welcomes you home. Like you're the lost brother and sisters who were, you know, taken from Africa. So I think um, one of the, the, the first thing is to recognize that, that, that there's no that there's no division right between african people born on the continent and african people here because we're told all oh, them people don't like y'all and then they're told well those people don't like them and so there's a division of disunity uh created not by us by those who need us divided mm -hmm. so uh the lessons the most the one lesson for children and adults is to know that that we are one and that there's nothing um, superior about Africans born in America or, or inferior about Africans born on the continent, that we're all one and that we must come together. It's, you know, we must bring, we must, you know, dispel these, these divisions that have been pushed on our people. But uh, just the lessons in, in Africa, when you get to Africa, you're just, the stress just rolls off your shoulders. You know, you feel so relaxed because America, just living in America is, is so difficult. Just living with all you do is work to pay bills. In Africa, you can um, create jobs. You can, you know, there's so much you can do without all of this stress. The cost of living is very low. I can live in Africa off of two, three hundred dollars a month, right? And still have a, a big house, create jobs and and do everything I do here without the stress. But uh, the, the for our children, my children travel back and forth to Africa and they just just knowing that they have brothers and sisters there, just like they have brothers and sisters here, that we are one people and we have to work together, uh, you know, to to bring ourselves, you know, bring our resources together. But um, I'm not sure if I answered the question properly, but I just, <laughs> you asked me about the lessons, the lessons that I've learned or the lessons my children have learned or lessons I have learned both. from African, from going to Africa, is that? Both okay. actually, yes, yes, lessons that you've learned um, and as well as um, maybe what after you learned it, what have you passed down to to your children? Um, yeah, I think uh, one thing my children they they don't have any hangups about uh, about Africa, right? Uh, like some people don't want to. They they love Africa. They love traveling to Africa. They love being among the people in Africa. Um, they don't. Um, they, you know, it's just that, you know, they, they, they're accustomed to eating the food. They're accustomed. They don't speak the language yet, just a little bit. And in, in, in Ghana is where we travel to most. But they're, they've learned more about African history, right? It gives you, um, traveling to Africa gives you the, uh, I guess, desire to learn more about why Africa is in the conditions it is in today. I mean, a lot of people um, wonder why Africa is the richest continent in the world, is resources that no other place has. Europe has, even America has gained its wealth off of the backs of Africa. 
Um, so you you ask yourself why, you know, why is it that that the people African Africa is the richest continent in the world, but yet the people are the poorest in the world. And it's because of the exploitation and the, you know, of oppression, and, and it's because of colonialism and imperialism. So, you you have to go, want to Africans will need to go want to go back to Africa to help Africa. But first, you have to understand who we are and why Africa is in the conditions that it's in. I guess. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know Mel just asked about traditions that you've learned and passed down, but um, mm -hmm. are there any African traditions as a whole that you see that we continue here in America? Unconsciously yeah, that, that thought, and consciously? Exactly. The thought just came to me like we, you know, we unknowingly, un, uh, just instinctively, we practice African traditions here. I mean, uh, there's so many things, uh, even like the wrapping of our heads, right? And then you'll see the uh, women in church wearing the huge hats. The huge hats are a, a tradition, an African cult of our culture of, of adorning our heads. Uh, so the head we in Africa, the bigger the head wrapped, the better. In the church, the bigger the hat, the better. But it's a symbol of dignity among African women, and uh, a, just a tradition uh, that that's a part of our culture. Long tradition is wrapping our heads, and of course the foods we eat. We eat yams. We eat greens. We eat okra. We eat, um, you know, you know, uh, just a lot of the same things that they eat in Africa. And there's so many traditions. There is, um, uh, you know, similar to when we say knock on wood, right? You know, because we don't want whatever we're talking about to happen, we'll knock on wood. But it's the same thing as in Africa, when you're calling the ancestors, there's a paying reverence to them where you'll, you'll, you'll knock on the floor, you'll tap the floor or tap on something. Uh, but it's, it's just acknowledging the ancestors. But it's, it's, so when we're knocking on wood, we're asking God or the ancestors, please don't let that happen to us, right? But uh, in Africa, when you're paying homage to the ancestors, you'll, you'll maybe get on one knee and just tap the floor, tap the wood. But that's just, you know, acknowledging our ancestors. But also we acknowledge our ancestors in Africa as, as a part of our culture and also in a part of our homes here in America. You may have a picture on the wall of an of a great great grandmother, aunt, or uncle who has passed away, but just simply by having that picture up, you're honoring that person. You're recognizing that uh, without them, you wouldn't be here. You're recognizing their the importance of them in your life. So you don't want to forget them. So you're you're remembering your ancestors just by having their pictures up, and we remember our ancestors by. Uh, in Africa by carving wood carvings in their image right uh, to have their their presence and their spirit with us at all times so we we honor our ancestors in different and similar ways but we and but the essence of it is that we all honor our ancestors so there are a lot of similarities in the dancing and the language in the way we speak to each other we're social beings 
same thing go you go to Africa you see here you know really you sometimes sometimes you're going you just sit back and say man this is you know African people like to gather and talk we like to gather and talk so it's uh, it's it's because we, we're the same people. We've just been dropped off here in the Caribbean, dropped off here in the, the Americas, but but yet we're just one people. So, mm -hmm. with, yeah, so cultures yeah. and culture is a way of life. If culture dies, we die. So we're still here. So our culture lives on through us. It doesn't die at all. It, it, they they didn't take our culture away. We've always maintained it. That's one way we were able to survive all the horrors of slavery and everything else that we go through here so and you know it's interesting that you say that because i hear a lot of the retort that african americans don't have culture here right. because we've had it taken from us when we came over here mm -hmm. so it's kind of like we we had it and then it was stripped of us that's that's the frequent term that you hear it is stripped yep. of us we don't have the culture mm -hmm. but it's it's just funny that you mentioned that because we do right we do i mean we are some of the best orators some of the best speakers and in africa i mean even for us even in kemet in egypt we going through the egyptian mystery system you were trained to be all things you're trained to be a comedian and orator you're trained to be an herbalist and we were trained in all of these areas and if you look at us today we're some nobody can we have some of the best orators best speakers best preachers best singers and best dancers and all of that is a part of of, of african culture and uh even coming from africa we bought so many great skills they skills with us you know they always say i'm not you know sure they say they bought people who had talents and skills from africa they just didn't bring anybody they chose the ironsmiths right they chose the um the people who could the agricultural workers so we bought many skills here that that are still with us today and um but no we we never lost our culture I mean the rhythm the, that we have that's 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 African where else it gonna come from uh, the way we cook the way we raise our children with 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 values and humanism and treat others like you want to be treated you know just a lot of the whole Christian concepts are African concepts also we the belief in one God that came out of Africa uh, you know the, that there's a greater force and more powerful force greater than us. I can go back to the Adinkra symbols and, and go to all of these, this, the spiritual aspects of African people. We're some of the most spiritual people in the world. And all of that came from our culture. So mm. what do you want? Okay, so. oh. But yeah, so no, we've never lost it. You know, culture is a way of life. As long as we're living, our culture lives. So that's right. Wow. You mentioned um, you just came from a trip and there was three women that you had taken with mm -hmm. you or who had went with you. Um, mm -hmm. Was there some type of, you know, resources that you had them look at beforehand or, or what would you recommend 
for someone that is um, new new to the game, if you will, <laughs> in wanting right, to go. Gosh, right. you know, I want I want to I want to bridge that gap or figure out how to bridge that gap. What resources would you recommend? Yeah, Africa is so humble, but uh, this this was their first trip to Africa, and so we we. Pre- prepared them for the trip and we told them it's not even the hotels you stay in it's not going to be like the omni right even though it may be a five-star hotel but it may not be what you're used to here but um but africa has everything that you have here but just prepare them you know we we didn't we, we didn't stay in hotels we stayed with, among the people so you know you may take you know, get used to maybe taking a bucket bath every now and then, right? <laughs> you may not have a hot shower or, um, you know, get used to a lot of walking, you know, and, and being out among the people. Um, uh, get used to, um, you know, just not to be shocked that you know we've been told that there's like starving babies in africa and you know all this none of that is at least you don't see it when you go to ghana when you go to most uh african uh countries you don't see the uh the you know just the poverty they they tell you that the people are so miserable no uh you know we prepare them to just humble themselves and um you know, just be ready to be among the people. But but everybody loved it. They didn't want to come back because, um, you know, the food is delicious. The people treat you like family. And Africa has everything you have here. If you want a five-star hotel, you can get it. If you want, um, uh, you know, whatever you have here, you can have there. But it's just... Um, you know, just a little, little bit more humbling, you know, but don't, don't, we tell them, don't go up there turning your nose up like you're, you know, somebody, because you'll, you'll be treated that way. If you go in there, which is a stick, like you, you know, got a stick up your behind, they'll treat you like that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but, but if you go there humble and, and treating people like, um, like like you know brothers and sisters you'll be treated that way so just go and be humble don't go with your you know nose in the air just go and treat the people like you want to be treated so but it's nobody wanted to come back but we always go to the slave castles and all the places to go and uh so that they can know their history right know the sacrifices their ancestors made uh but the slave castle in ghana cape coast and elmina slave castles are some of the most humbling places you can go to honor your ancestors so mm-hmm. we we make i always make sure we go to all the tourist sites and uh but just to get to be among the people not stay stuck in hotels all the time so What do you think holds um, this current generation of mothers up in researching and embracing their roots? Uh, Well, I just think a lot of, even now today, although there's more information, 
than was ever before. You know, the libraries has all kinds of books you can read. There are bookstores. There's just all kind of children's books written by uh, our people with images of our children and of us. Uh, but I think if some people just say they can't find information, it's a, they say it's a, like the sister you spoke of earlier in Iowa, I think it was, she may not know where to get, you know, just we take for granted that people uh, have the resources we have or they know how to get to resources that we can get to, but not everybody does. Uh, um, and then it just depends on how they view themselves, right? How they were raised. Um, and just the access to positive images and positive information about um, Africa and African history. I mean, again, most of us came through this education system and we weren't taught African history. Like I said, what we were taught was not very positive. So it's a re-Africanization or re-education uh, that we have to start ourselves. Um, and that's, you know, it, it's a choice. It's something that nobody can start for you, but you have to have a desire to want to know more about uh, who you are and, and African and, and African people. But I just think it's a miseducation, you know, that we're given through the media. Um, and some of us are afraid of ourselves. We've been taught that, of course, African art is... You know, it's scary, it's voodoo, it's all of these things. So we've just, we've been taught a lot of negative things that we have to unteach ourselves. So that's, I think that's the only holdup because once you get a little bit of knowledge about yourself, it's, it's on and popping because you're going to be wanting to know more after that. So yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I also think like the flip side of that, specifically to uh, your point with the sister from Ancestry.com that came in, um, or even like other um, testing brands that can, you know, help trace your roots and stuff like that. I also hear the argument that people are like, um, they get upset because they find out they're not um, their, their percentage of African ancestry or lineage is not as high as they had anticipated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's as, don't, you know what I'm saying? Don't laugh or anything, Sorry. but, you know, some people, some people feel like, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a hundred, you know, or I'm a high percentage and then, you know, they get their results mm-hmm. back and then they, you know, they they go down the rabbit hole of their of their, you know, African yeah, lineage or stuff like that, and they find out they're from, they have lineage in you know, Germany. Um, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Sweden, Poland. You know, over there. And then, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, they like two percent, like two percent Sub-Saharan African, but then they're like ninety-eight yeah, yeah, percent English. Exactly. You like wait, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So something's wrong with that test, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's why you you have to just, I mean, if you look at your, I mean, there are, most of us, 
most of us. Um, of course, everybody has a drop here, drop there of something else. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you are what your experiences are. If you were raised in a black family or, or an African family, uh, then all you know is, you know, that's 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 what you know. You're you are your culture, you know, black culture, you know, African culture. So I think we are what our experiences are. And then um I don't that's why I don't get off into these tests too deep because mm -hmm. it could distract people, you know, from well I'm only I'm only forty five percent this and it doesn't matter. You look at your mama's face, you look at your daddy's face and you know who you are. Or just look in the mirror and you know what where you from is is you know it's not too many people that look like us, right? Not really. So, so no, I don't. You don't need a test to tell you some things, but um, but I've always said, you know, I don't. And this is just me talking. I don't. Um, a lot of the mixed race blood that my my great great grandmother, my mother's people uh, having them came from you know, rape, basically, of, of, of our ancestors. So that's not something that I claim or that I really give a lot of credence to, even though it's there, but, uh, but I identify with, with Africa, so. Mm -hmm. What's next for you? When do you, when do you go back? You know what? I probably, I, 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 some people want to go in October, uh, and but we can go later because I can go anytime really, except for you know maybe February. But um, but yeah, I'm going. Uh, someone wants to go, and I, you know, and this was my husband used to take people all the time, but I've just started myself taking groups uh, to Africa, so. Um, I can go anytime, and if you have nine or ten days that you can put aside, then plan it. We'll help you get there. We'll help. We'll take you, and um, you'll love it. It's, it's 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 an experience we all should should take. It's going going to Africa, and you know, and I don't. I mean, I go to Ghana, but you can go to Senegal. They're all. I we have people who have expatriated back, repatriated back to Africa and they've been there 30 years. They'll they say they'll never come back to America mm -hmm. only to visit because of the, um, just some of the things they don't have to deal with there, right? They, it, they may not have a hundred different bars of different brands of soap to choose from or all the restaurants and everything to go to, but you're, you're much happier um, and just, you know, you don't have all the stress that you have here. So, yeah, I plan on living in Africa myself, retiring there, because you have the oceans, you have just so many beautiful people who you can work with and, you know, help develop Africa to, uh, to what it, you know, what it, what it should be. So, yeah. Beautiful. Well, we'll definitely be posting for um, those who have, aren't familiar with the Pan-African Connection or maybe who are looking maybe for mentorship on opening up their own um, bookstore, mm -hmm. event space, 
in their respective city to come to reach out to you for guidance. Um, so we will post your link and email address in our show notes. Um, is there anything that's upcoming next um, during this pandemic or um, are you guys doing any online classes or um, what should people be looking out for right now with, for you? Uh, right now we just, we've done some Zoom classes, but coming this Friday for Juneteenth, it's a really unique idea that a brother uh, approached me to help him organize is a bike ride for freedom. You know, during the pandemic, a lot of people took on cycling or because they had time to, right? So uh, you had black folks getting on bicycles and and learning the cycle, getting exercise and just doing something outside of the box for them, right? Even though we always had a lot of black cyclers, we have more now. So we're doing a bike ride for freedom throughout the neighborhood uh, in around about a four mile uh, radius around the bookstore and we're going to have black folks riding bikes and waving through the neighborhood and celebrating Juneteenth um, and celebrating our ancestors and honoring their resistance but just uh, showing some type of unity when right now we really can't come together and do a big festival or anything like that so um, just to show some unity and um, some diversity among our people. We're going to do a, a bike ride for freedom through uh, through Oak Cliff. <laughs> so that's this Saturday, starting at six. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I said this Friday, Juneteenth, at six yeah. to eight. Then we're just gonna uh, hang around and just, you know, just after the bike ride and just talk and and but yeah that's one one way we can kind of practice a little social distancing instead of being in a room with a, a lot of vendors there won't be any vendors or anything like that because we're still trying to keep the numbers down but it is going to be a bike ride for freedom on juneteenth well that's beautiful we'll make sure to post uh post that as well in our upcoming week thank you so so much thank you you're such a blessing we appreciate you being on our show today well, you all are a blessing to me and an inspiration, and I follow you on Facebook and all that good stuff, and I just just keep up the good work. I mean, take care of your families. Keep encouraging mom, moms around the world that uh, it's not an easy job, but it's the most uh, noble job that you have to feed into another a, a young child's life. It's a huge responsibility that we've been given, but it's just the greatest one. So keep keep doing the good work. Thank you. Thank well, please, you. for Thank you. let's continue the conversation through our listener comments and questions in our Facebook group. Please be sure to check out the show notes as we have provided you links and information about our episode sponsors, Living 360 and Hack Innovations, along with information about the Pan-African Connection. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram, or you can email us at mahoganymomology at gmail.com, or check out our website, mahoganymomology.com where you can find previous episodes and some merchandise. Until next time, this is Mel. And I'm Tosh. And we thank you for listening to Mahogany Mammology. Bye-bye.